Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Truly, your name is above every other name. Your name is above every other name. Every other name. Every other name, God. It's above every other name. I'm just thinking every other name. Not just about the principalities and, and powers. Every other name. Every other name of sickness. Jesus is far above, far surpassing above every form of sickness and disease and death that has entered into this world because of our sin. So we worship you today, God, as the one high and lifted up above every other name, every other name of sickness. And God, I just stand up here today confessing, God, I don't understand all of your ways, but God, I know this, you said to ask you said keep asking and I am asking for my friends today God I'm asking for Brad and I'm asking for Abriel and I'm asking for Lori and I'm asking for Glenn and I'm asking for others in this congregation God who need a touch from you they need the name of Jesus high and lifted up above what they are facing today God and so I'm asking you again today God would you release it would you release it, God? It's a down payment of the resurrection. God, I know full well that in the resurrection, God, everybody will receive new bodies. The fullness of what you have done will be manifested across the body of Christ and across this world. But God, there are down payments in this age. And God, we're asking for that today down payments of the resurrection and power God over sickness and disease and broken hearts broken bodies God twisted spirits God it's all you it's all you Jesus so I ask you today God come and manifest your glory release the down payments of the resurrection right now in Jesus name we will ask we will keep asking God because you told us to. You told us to, God. And I pray for those who are weary in the asking, God. For those who are weary in the asking, know that you are in a body and God raises up others to lift up their voice when you feel like you can't lift yours anymore. That's what the body is for. So God, thank you today for your body. The body of Christ, God, I just ask blessing blessing the blessing of the father be released all across this room the love of the father released all across this room god draw us near to you today father we love you and we bless your name in jesus name we pray good morning everybody isn't he good how many are thankful that His joy is your strength and not your own? How many know He's got an abundance? Amen. I want to ditto uh, Miss Julie Ann and say Happy Mother's Day to all of our amazing moms. And we just want to bless you and uh, all of our ladies. God's so good. We, we're so grateful for the women of this church. And we just want to, I'm going to pray over you here. In just a little bit, and just pray, just pray the love of God just captivate you guys' hearts this morning and bless you and that we honor you. Amen. 
Grab your Bible and I want you to turn into the Gospel of Mark in chapter 4. Gospel of Mark in chapter 4. Amen. Let's open that up. I think I will actually have you stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning. If you would, we'll pray over that together. But let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Mark, Gospel of Mark chapter 4. That open. We're going to start at verse 1. Read down through just a little bit here. Probably around verse 20. So let's read it together. And again, He began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathering, had gathered to Him so that He, he got into a boat and He sat in it um, on the sea and the whole multitude uh, was on the land facing the sea. And He taught them many things by parables. And He said to them in His teaching, verse 3, listen, behold or pay attention, grab this, a sower went out to sow. And it happened that as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. When the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It writhered away. Verse 7, And some feet, seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Then he said to them, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Verse 10 says, When he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may not hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be be forgiven them. Now look at verse 13. And so then He says to them, Do you not understand this parable? Well, how then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the Word, And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones uh, sown on stony ground who when they hear the Word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the Word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the Word and it becomes unfruitful. Look at verse 20. But those are the ones, these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the Word, accept it, bear fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Pray with me. Father God, we love You and we honor You. We honor Your Word that it's living, that it's powerful, that You're opening revelation to Your sons and daughters that seek the truth of Your Word, that You build upon it precept upon precept, God. So Father, we just pray this morning as we gather together as a local body that God, we would be good soil, that our hearts would be open, that would be attentive to the schemes of the enemy, God, to sow the seed, to steal the seed, to destroy the seed. We pray for Holy Spirit as our teacher to bring revelation and understanding of Your Word. And we just pray today, Word, speak. Come alive inside of each and every one of us and produce. Produce. Some 30 some sixty, some a hundredfold. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. He may be seated. I'm always amazed this time of the year of, uh, of the power of a seed as we kind of drive around here in southern Indiana and we watch them start working in the fields in the early spring that have been 
you know, soaked with water and snow and everything else, and the weeds are in there, and they come in a few days, it seems like they plow it all up, and it looks fresh, and then you'll watch them come by, and they'll, have, and they'll, be, they'll be seeding, and, and they seed, and uh, on my way to work every day, uh, you know, I, I pass through all these fields, and I watch, and, and I'm always amazed at how in just a little bit of time, I can drive down the road and I can just see green and lines begin to pop up just like that. It's saying, doesn't that amaze you guys? I don't know. That just always, just always kind of blows my mind. And I think about the power of a seed and how this little bitty seed can get sown in soil and when that thing is nurtured rightly, how in just a little bit of time, as it's cared for and as it gets everything that it needs to have life to grow, how all of a sudden that, that seed will grow up and here's these big, this big field just full of corn stalks and yield hanging off of it, all from this little bitty seed. I'm going to talk about that today. And, but I want to talk about it from a perspective of the power of God being active in your life. And you working and being influenced under the power of the Holy Spirit. And all you do is a son and daughter. So last week I preached on the power of the kingdom and the Father's heart for the church to operate in the power of Holy Spirit and for His power to be part of our testimony and our everyday life. Not just something that we've talked about and remembering, but, but active in each one of us. And I talked about last week some of our hindrances to the power of God, to Holy Spirit, to walking and living in intimacy with Him, and Him flowing and manifesting out of our life. So we talked about some of the, some of the, the hindrances that we face in, in that, in, in us as sons and daughters growing. And I talked about the hindrance of unbelief, I talked about the hindrance of pride, and I talked about the hindrance of confusion, and how these strongholds of the mind and the heart can hinder the release of God's power in our lives. And they keep us, can keep us from cultivating deep fellowship with Holy Spirit. So coming off of that, if you're paying attention last week and this week and even next week, I'm laying a foundation for Pentecost Sunday in us encountering and living and walking in intimacy and fellowship with the Holy Spirit and understanding His, His place in our, in our lives as sons and daughters. So last week, here's this week, I'm going to be talking about this. But so today I want to talk about, about the reality of spiritual warfare. The reality of spiritual warfare and how the attack of the enemy is another barrier that we encounter as we pursue the power of God in our lives. Amen? So we need to, it's important because we have to identify it. We have to identify it. I've watched through the years the enemy pull out so many people, so many believers, not out of the church, well sometimes out of the church, but most of the time away from the Lord because they were so naive, because they didn't understand the deception and the attack of the enemy of stealing the seed out of their life and keeping them from maturing and keeping them from going and growing in the things of the kingdom of God. So I just want to talk about this today, but I want to, I want to say this, that you will never fully walk in the power of the Holy Spirit without encountering spiritual warfare. It's just never going to happen. You will. It is a guaranteed that if you're going to grow and you're going to begin to operate and move in intimacy and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and Him begin to manifest in your life in any and all capacity, you're going to fight and deal with spiritual warfare. So, here we are in this parable. You've maybe you've never even heard this parable taught from the perspective of spiritual warfare. But this is the, this, this is the first parable that Jesus taught His disciples early in His ministry. And He begins with this specific parable. And I want to I back up a minute, but I wanna, first I want to I draw your attention back to verse 13 because verse 13 is so important, so critical, really, uh, in, in, this, in, in this whole text here. So let's look at it together in verse 13. 
So he, he gives this parable. He talks about the purpose of them. The disciples come to him when he's alone and they're asking him. And, but in verse 13, Jesus says, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? Do you not understand this parable? The first one that I'm giving you. Because if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand the rest of them. The disciples, here they are. They're questioning Jesus. They're like, well, what's, what, what's the meaning of this? And here's Jesus' answer in verse 13. And So I just want to say, when you look at this in context, in other words, the parable of, of, of sower and seeds unlocks the mysteries of the kingdom. This parable unlocks the mysteries of the kingdom. If we don't understand this parable, we're not going to understand the rest of the mysteries. You can go back in and read this story in, in the Gospel of Matthew and it gives similar things. And I wanted to use this one here in Mark. But guys, we have to understand Jesus opening up parables, beginning to speak to parables to all the crowd that was coming and to His disciples and this statement that He makes of, of this, the importance of this parable. And oftentimes when we think about this parable of the sower and the seed and maybe we're coming to church and so we know the pastor's going to preach or one of our pastors, he's going to deliver a word and we know maybe we've been working all week and we're tired and we're sleepy and didn't really feel it. So it's like, oh man, I know I need to be good soil today so I need to really pay attention, right? Or maybe we've been going through something tough in life and we're, are, are, we're mentally distracted and we're like, okay, I know the, I know the, I know the parable of the soul in the seed and so I know I got to just kind of somehow push this stuff aside and really pay attention because I want to I want my heart to be good soil and all of those things there's there's truth in there but we often think about this parable of the sower and the seed just from the perspective of receiving about us being good soil uh, about our hearts and our minds being attentive and, 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 and those types of things and paying attention. But, but in all three examples in this parable, the believers received the seed. In all three of them. So they were there. They were, they were paying attention. In two, in two of them, Jesus even said that, that, the, that, that the soil, the person, the believer, received the seed joyful. They, they, joyfully, one of them, they immediately received the seed, but all of them there. So it, it is about be, being, being receptive and paying attention and making sure we're good soil. But guys, it, it went on so far beyond that. It goes on so far beyond that. I just want to say today that it's more about what you do with it once you receive it. It's so the first parable and he says, hey, if we don't understand the mysteries of the sower and the seed, then we're not going to understand the rest of them because we're not going to know what to do with it. So when you look at this, I want to back you up a little bit and I want you just to keep your Bibles out with me this morning because I want you to go through the Word. I want you to, I want you to get this. So when you go back, go back to verse 3 and 4 to the, to the first part of his parable. And, and, and Jesus said, Listen, behold, the sower went out to sow, and it happened that as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. In other words, they stole the seed. Now pay attention this morning. Jesus was preparing the disciples to hold on to His words and produce kingdom fruit. This is where He's coming from. And so the first thing that they needed to know was that they were in a war. Did you ever read this parable and think Jesus was preparing His disciples for a war? But by the time you leave here today, I want you to understand that this parable is about, about so much more than just making sure that you're not on your phone. It's about so much more than just making sure that you're not falling asleep when my sermon's getting boring. It's so much more than just making sure that you're trying to keep your mind focused and not get distracted, even though all of that stuff is part of being soil. Guys, it's so much more. In this parable, Jesus is laying the foundation for the rest of the parables in His Word, and he He's getting the disciples to understand that, that, there is, that they are in a war. That the sower sows the Word, but Satan wants to immediately steal that Word before it can take root in you. 
And he, 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 he gives an explanation to this first one in, verses, in verse 14 and 15. And this is what he says, the sower sows the word. And, and, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Guys, we need to understand the power of God's word how it completely changed your life, the anointing that is in it, how He can flow and manifest you through it, that you will only produce fruit by His Word being activated inside of you, and the enemy wants to steal the Word out of our lives. This revelation and awareness is the foundation that enables us to grow in wisdom and discernment and produce a harvest of righteousness. It's great to pay attention. It's great to say amen. It's great to pass, pat your pastor on the back when, he's walk, when you're walking out the door. Oh, man, that was a great sermon today, Pastor. Man, well, thank you for the encouragement, but, but man, the only thing that really matters to me is what are you going to do with that seed when you walk out the door? How are you going to water that seed? What are you going to do to put around that seed to make sure that Satan doesn't immediately come and try to steal that thing out of your life before it can even produce anything inside of you? Come on, somebody. Come on. We have to awaken to the, to the, to the resistance that, that's surrounding the preaching and the teaching of God's Word, the sowing of the, of the Word of God, and begin to develop an awareness of the enemy's tactics. Amen? I want you guys to understand today that you're in a war. The church is in a war. Because the enemy does not want the truth of God's Word released that sets people free. But he definitely doesn't want the truth of God's Word released that will empower the church to live as the church. Satan wants to snatch the truth out of our lives before it can even transform us. The, the fact that the seed fell beside the roadside, it, it, and this has been the, this has been the attention on, on these parables so much and, and it's, a, it's a good thing to focus on but the fact that the seed fell beside the roadside guys is not necessarily the problem because you're going to hear word on the roadside he landed come on somebody the absence of labor and plowing so that the seed would settle deep into the soil and not just lay on the surface. Like, what are we doing when the word with the word after the word is released into us? Man, like you guys, you guys get a whole week of Bible study material every time one of the pastors stands up and preaches. Now, take that word and go water it and dig into it and study it out and find all the scriptures that go along with it that support that thing and invite the Holy Spirit into your heart to come and water that thing to grow your faith to grab a hold of it come on somebody come on man but so often we're seeing this parable lived out within the church man that immediately as soon as the word is sowed the enemy stealing that seed out before it can even produce anything inside the lives of the body come on I'm gonna need a little bit of help today because this isn't easy preaching Here, here's Here's, here's what this is. This is a, this first example that he gives is a picture of the distractions. It's a picture of the, the circumstances and even relationships that the enemy will use to shift our focus and stop us from applying the Word of God in our life. This is the wayside. It's a picture of distractions, circumstance, even relationships that he uses to shift our focus, stop us from applying the Word of God. So his point is these distractions don't just happen. They're strategically planned by the enemy. And then, and then even our own carelessness and sometimes laziness will also contribute to the loss of seed. The truth is, a lot of people delight in gathering information or gathering seed, but have no interest in the labor of applying it, in nurturing it to full growth. It's why, it's why people have so much knowledge of the Scripture, but lack of wisdom and understanding in it. Everybody good? Satan hates this word because he's being exposed in it. Jesus exposed Satan's scheme in this very first parable. He didn't want you to have it. He didn't want you to have it. 
He does not want that seed to live. He does not want your faith to increase. He does not want you believing in what you heard. He definitely does not want you walking out what you heard. Come on, somebody. So it lays on top of the soil and the enemy immediately comes and he takes it away. That's the first one. The second one's in verse 5 and 6. Let's look at it real quick. Some fell on stony ground where it, where it did not have much earth. And then immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Verse 6. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. This, this represents the second level of warfare. And Jesus interpreted the seed sown in rocky soil as believers who delight to hear the truth, but they fall away when affliction and persecution arise. And Jesus gave, gave this uh, uh, interpretation in verse 16 and 17. We've already read it. You can go back and read it again. So we've got, we've got, we've got the example of the seed that's sown by the wayside. And, 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 the, and the focus is, is that as it, it, soon as it's sown, the people are distracted. They're not, they're not laboring. They're not, they're not getting that seed in the ground. And the enemy is going to come and he's going to immediately steal it away. And then here we have, we have this, this example right here on rocky, on rocky soil. And, and this is saying that they, it's people that, that delight to hear the truth, but then, but then they immediately fall away whenever affliction and persecution arise. Verse 16 and 17. Now th this can take many forms, so let's look at this for just a second, because we, we need to learn to identify and recognize these things in our lives. But, but, but how's this come? What, what's persecution? What's, what's this stuff? Affliction. It, it, can be, it can be, you know, rejection maybe from family and friends because of your belief. It could be a, a physical sickness maybe that comes upon you or a family member right in the midst of God doing great things, and all of a sudden, hear this news come comes out and all of a sudden your world gets rocked a little bit and it's like man why is this happening all of a sudden because of an event you begin to question your theology on the healing power of God see what I'm saying and so, so it can be that. It can be, it can be uh, relationships that are broken and people coming in your life, people leaving your life. Like all of these things are, 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 are part of persecution and affliction and things that we face. It could be the, just, the, just disappointment in a current or even a past circumstance in our life that, that, that we're going to, going through. Uh, a lot of times uh, this happens when people are going through really uh, uh, difficult financial financial hardships maybe that can that can bring on this the affliction of that persecution of it sometimes uh, and just I'm just saying life when life happens to all of us these things are real are they not so what, what Jesus is preparing His disciples for is He's saying, guys, whenever life happen, happens, suffering can be a devastating and all-consuming force in our lives. Who once was a prayer warrior on fire for God, dancing before the Lord on one Sunday, sometimes by Thursday, could just be at the end of the rope without any life within them because of what happened all week long. And in the midst of it, God never changed. And nowhere in that is that to undermine the true hardships and pain and afflictions and difficulty that we feel and go through in this world because they're real. So Jesus is not telling them that these things aren't going to happen. He's telling them that they are going to happen. And you're going to face stuff. You're going to go through things. And you've got to make sure that you have a root system in your life. So all of these different forms can, can take place. But again, too often... When, when persecution and, and affliction and hardship comes, we get so overwhelmed by it that it consumes us. So what's it do? It reveals our root system. Like our root systems are really truly revealed in the times of the storm. Our root systems and what we really believe and what we really stand on and what's really being produced in our life is when things happen that don't make any sense to us. It's when you get persecuted when you didn't ask for persecution. 
Come on, man. It's when just life, life begins to come your way and, and, and the enemy begins to attack in, in different forms in your life. This is where our root system gets exposed. And Jesus is saying here in this situation where this seed is sown in the rocky soil, He's using this illustration that, they, that, it's, a, that it's a believer that, that when persecution comes, when trials come, when they go through hardship, guys, come on, He's saying that they, that they have no depth. They have no depth. There's no root system. So the first time that wind remotely blows, they just blow with the wind then. It's like tumbleweed. If you've ever been out west, we saw tumbleweed. It's like wherever the wind blows, the tumbleweed just goes with it. Come on, man. You need to grab a hold of this because the wind's going to blow really hard. There's going to be hurricane force winds in your life sometimes. I am not lying to you. There are going to be hurricane force winds that are going to come into your life. Matter of fact, I believe, I believe, you know, we, 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 we've faced, the, the world has faced difficulties from the very beginning. But guys, if you, if you read the scripture and you get in the word of God, the world has not faced difficulties like the difficulties that are coming. And I believe we're going to be entering a day where the church is going to show who it is. And the people in the church are going to have a root system or they're not going to have a root system. There's going to be a day and time when you just won't be able to hang on by a couple short roots. God is awakening the church to the power of His Word and the revelation of His parable of, of recognizing the, uh, of the power of the seed and the sower and, and the battle that we are in, the war that we are in, that the enemy wants to come and steal the seed out of us. He wants to, he wants to come and He wants to pull that, that root up. He wants to choke it out of us. Come on, guys. He wants to reveal that that thing isn't there. Listen to me. Obedience to God heightens the degree of resistance we face. Okay, pay attention. Obedience to God heightens the degree of resistance that we face in life. In other words, you will experience greater persecution as you increase in the spirit of truth. As you mature, and as your root system grows... And as the seed begins to produce yield in your life, the greater that increase is, the greater the warfare becomes. So it doesn't go away in your maturity and in your walk with God. The warfare actually increases as you increase in the things of the kingdom of God. Therefore, the cost of our faith grows as we progress in maturity. And this just causes some to stop running the race. Some people even fall away. Some just kind of slip down and just hide in the shadows waiting for Jesus to come back. But ultimately, the enemy has been fruitful because he renders them unfruitful in that place. You tracking with me? Can I tell someone today that it's worth it? You just need to recognize that you're in a war. Nurture that seed and let it, let it, let it grow. Let it grow strong. Let it get a root system. Try. I, I just want you. I just want to make this clear on this. In this, in this part of this parable, this example right here, Jesus is telling his disciples he's 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 preparing them for what they're going to be facing in the power of the seed and the importance of guarding that thing. And he's saying trials, trials and persecution are going to reveal your root system. Okay, trials and tribulation. It, it's one of the. One of the reasons why I, I, I love, our, I love our, 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 our theme verse as a church that we have. You guys remember it? Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. Come on, someone. But its leaf will be green, and will not uh, be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding its fruit. Let's step into it. Isn't that powerful? Now look at the third, look at the third part of this parable in verse 7. So we had the wayside, and then we had we had the uh, uh, we had the rocky soil, right? Now where are we at? Verse seven. And some 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 seed then fell among thorns, 
and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Let's read it again. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. The third level of warfare is found in the cares of this life and in self-preservation. The cares of this life in self-preservation. Jesus said it, seed falling among thorns. When Jesus interpreted this part of the parable in verse 18 and 19, he, he, he describes it like this. He explains it like this. He describes believers who have heard the Word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in, and it chokes out the Word, so it becomes unfruitful. Isn't that powerful? So this teaching point shows up more than once in Jesus' ministry because it's such a significant, significant stumbling block for the, for, the, for, the, for the church, for the body of Christ. In Matthew, in chapter 6, Jesus tells the crowd, He says, don't worry about the cares of this world, right? He's teaching them. He says, don't worry about food. Don't worry about, about, about your clothing, right? Um, don't, don't, worry, don't worry about the cares of, of, of this stuff. Don't worry about the, the, the things necessary for provision. Jesus is saying, I can take care of you. If I can clothe the fields, if I can clothe the fields, and if I know what the birds need, and I can feed them, and I can care for them, I can take care of you. But Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Are you guys with me this morning? It's so vital for what God has for you. It's vital for your maturity. People come into the kingdom as believers, and, and, and no matter what their age is, they remain children their whole spiritual life. Because they allow the enemy to steal and to choke and to burn up the seed of God inside of them. That opens the revelation of who He is. Come on, somebody. And so Jesus is warning them here. Again, it's all through the Scriptures, this, this specific, this, this third level of warfare, man, about, about the distractions, about the cares of the world, about provision, about all this stuff. He says, don't worry. Don't, don't let worry choke out the seed that's been sown. Don't let worry choke out the seed. What do you do when the family member gets that report? What do you do whenever, he ha whenever they haven't received healing just yet? What do, you, what do you do whenever God's given you a promise over your son and daughter and they're living as prodigal sons and daughters? What are you going to do in that moment, man? Are you going to let the worry and the fear begin to come and choke that thing out? Or are you going to get a hold of yourself and remind yourself of the Word of the Lord and get rooted, come on, in the river of God that will nurture that root system even in a season of drought. The season of drought, guys, is when you're waiting. The problem with us is we allow the enemy to come and steal the seed because we are so impatient. We expect God to move when we snap our fingers like he's a genie or something. And his timing is perfect in everything. Is he God or is he not? Is he all powerful? Or is he not all powerful? Do you believe His Word even though circumstances in your life sometimes look different than the Word? Are you going to establish your theology on why you think something happens or doesn't happen or what did happen or what didn't happen? Are you going to establish your theology based on the root system of God's Word? Because it is the only thing that will produce kingdom in and out of your life is the Word of God. But it's in the waiting. It's in those moments when we came down, well, I went down for prayer Sunday. Well, sometimes you might have to keep coming down for prayer on Sunday. Sometimes you might have to just keep pouring tears out at this altar because maybe your tears are the very thing that's watering the seed that's going to bring about the harvest in that thing. Sometimes we've got to be willing to labor through some stuff to get through some stuff to see the 30, 60, and 90 yield on the other side of it. I tell you what, I think the church needs to get some backbone. I think the church oftentimes becomes so weak because God just doesn't work sometimes in a snap of the finger. 
Why do you think our prayer services are the least attended service? Because no one wants to labor. But where do you think that that, that seed is going to be watered at? I didn't intend to go there and probably shouldn't have. But I think we need to hear the voice of God. I think we need to understand the warnings that God's given us in the power of this, par- of this parable that, that His His Word is real. It is powerful. It is active. It is true. He is sowing seed. And that seed has the ability within it to produce some, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. But he's, he's, talking to his, he's talking to His disciples. He's preparing them because He understands who, who also is working in this world right now. And He knows that He's going to do everything within His power to come and destroy that seed that's being released to keep it from gaining root system and producing any fruit out of your life come on somebody we're so prone to chase after the things of this world and get distracted by them neither either we're consumed with materialism and the desire for comfort or we're dominated by the lack or by the fear of lack i just want you to see that these strongholds set a place by the enemy, are set in place by the enemy of our souls. We need to understand who's working behind them. He'll use worry. He'll use fear. He'll use greed. He'll use all these things to choke out the seed in your life to keep you from advancing in the things of the kingdom of God. Amen? So let's look at the next one. The last one, let's look at, let's look at verse 8. Jesus talks about this fruitful soil. So He says in verse 8, but other seed... Other seed fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirtyfold and some sixtyfold and some a hundredfold. And Jesus said to them, He who has ears to hear, how many of you want to have ears to hear? How many of you have to have an ear to hear? You can hear and not have an ear to hear. Did I say you can ear and not have an ear to hear? I think I did. You can hear and not have an ear to hear. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, to hear, to hear what he's saying. It's an ear that's leaning in. It's an ear to say, Holy Spirit, what's this mean? Holy Spirit, keep me in alignment with this word. Let it go deep inside of me. Let him hear. This is where I want to land today here. Most of us have missed uh, the supernatural promise that's contained in this verse, and it's really powerful. It will, it, will, it will awaken your alertness and drive you to want to protect the seed whenever you understand the supernatural promise that's in this verse. Many, many uh, of the scholars that, that have written and, and spoken on this, this specific passage, and, um, but they say that a normal harvest of this, of this time, of Jesus' time here, like a normal harvest uh, would have been uh, four to ten times what was sown. So what was sown, the normal harvester yield would have been four to ten times in, the, in their fields. And yet, and that a yield of 15 times would have been considered exceptionally good. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Because Jesus said, in this soil, they'll produce some 60, some 90, and some 100. He's talking to people that understood seed and they understood yield. And in the day that He was speaking to them, they understood that a good yield, a good harvest would have been 4 to 10 times, and a yield of 15 would have like been, been far beyond what they could have expected. So guys, I'm just saying that on this understanding, the lowest producer of the good soil at 30, right, was twice as fruitful of anyone's highest expectation. Isn't that amazing? So there's a, there's a supernatural anointing. God says there's a power in this. There's a blessing in this. There's a promise in this. That if you're good soil, what's going to be produced out of you is going to be beyond what you can comprehend. It's going to be beyond whatever could even be expected. 
This is what it looks like when the power of God touches our lives. It's why I'm in the process of speaking on the power of God. And here this Sunday, I drop in this power, this, this parable on the seed and the sower because the, the power of God is never going to fully operate through your life, nor will you operate fully in Him unless you're grounded in the Word of God, unless you're good soil, unless you're dressed for war every day, recognizing that the enemy will wants to steal the life of the seed out of you. Because he knows, he knows the promise of this word that if that thing goes deep, if it gets watered, if it's nurtured, there's going to be an exceptional supernatural harvest of some 60, 90 to 100 fold that comes out of your life. So what do you think he's going to fight? What do you think he's going to fight? You knowing something doesn't mean anything. Demons know the Scripture. It's the truth that you believe. It's the truth that you stand on. It's the truth that you see, accept water, and allow to become a part of you that produces a harvest, some, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Come on, somebody. You guys good? The impact exceeds our greatest expectation as the kingdom is released and multiplied. Our, 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 our ability. Jesus gives the interpretation of this here. And, and, and he, says, <clears throat> he says the ability to hear the Word, to accept the Word, and willingness to labor in that Word and nurture that Word and nurture that seed opens the door for the Holy Spirit to produce a harvest some 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that's something. And all of this, in His first parable, towards the beginning of His ministry, Jesus teaches this and He says, if, if, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand the rest? This parable is going to unlock the rest of the parables. This parable is going to unlock the Word. It's going to unlock my Word inside of you. You have to understand the battle. You've got to understand that, that spiritual warfare is not an option. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. This is why Jesus took the issue of spiritual warfare so seriously in, in, in bringing this in here in His first parable. Amen? The birds of the air are going to try to steal the deposit of the Word. Persecution and tribulation are going to come. You're going to go through hard stuff that's going to test the root system of the Word of God in your life. The enemy is going to come, some, and, and, and his, first, his, first act, his first tactic is going to be, I'm just going to try to get this thing out right away. I'm just going to get it out right away. That way I don't even have to go through the trial and tribulation thing. So I'm just going to, like, as soon as it lands, I'm just going to try to grab it. The bird's are going to come and pick it up. And if that don't work, then he's like, well, you know what? Trials and tribulations, I'm going to attack them. They're going to go through some stuff. I'm going to break some stuff up in their life. I'm going to sow some stuff. Come on. They're going to go through some things. And then the root system is going to be, the root system is going to be exposed. And then if that doesn't work, things like, you know what, I saw I'm going to have to pull out my best weapon. I'm just going to have to make stuff around them look really good so they'll want it more than God. I'm going to distract them with commercials. I'm going to distract them with billboards. I'm going to distract them with, with, happy, with happy sinning people on commercials so they kind of want to feel the way they think that's what true joy looks like. Come on. I'm going to open up the gates of hell and flood their phones with pornography. The cares of the life and the temptations of the world will come to choke the Word inside of you, rending you fruitless. So put these together. Here's his aim. Steal it, kill it, choke it. Steal it, burn it, kill it, burn it, burn it. The heat, when the heat comes, steal it, burn it, and choke it. He's always working to steal the Word to burn the Word out of you and to choke the Word out of you. Because He doesn't want the Word in you. Because He knows what the Word can produce. Come on, someone. So I just feel like God's preparing us. He's preparing you. He's letting us know, man, make no mistake, there's a spiritual warfare. But if we hear the warning of this parable, as I believe we are, we learn to guard our hearts. Amen? We learn... We learn 
this example of the good soil that he gives and we learn to hear the word. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm learning. I'm growing. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, illuminate. Holy Spirit, give me understanding of this. Amen. I'm searching out the scriptures. I'm backing up verses with other verses. Everything's coming together. It's locking together. I mean, you know how root systems work, how strong root systems work. You know, a really strong root system works. It locks in together. That's how God works. That's how God works. God's Word works. I remember preaching a, a sermon several years ago and I talked about these big uh, trees, these big... Uh, Lori and I went and saw them last summer. What, what, what are they? The sequoias. Yeah. And they're, they're like, you can't even see the top of them. Weirdest things. And just ginormous, like the size of a house. And, but I, I remember... I remember preaching a sermon years ago, and I was doing some research on that, and, and what I learned about them is, is that most of those big trees don't have a root system any more than like five to six to seven feet deep. Well, you think, but that's really deep. Well, not for a 300-foot tall tree. But what, what, what makes that tree so strong and allows it to grow so healthy is its roots grow out and it interlocks with the tree next to it and they intertwine. So you got this root system that's going down and then it's going out and it's interlocking with all the other Scriptures and all the other Word and the body of Christ around them. Amen. And it's so intertwined and so tight. Come on, man. That when the winds come, when the storms come, when tribulation come, the root system is revealed and the root system is strong. Come on. I'm I'm going to tell you guys, you need to get your Bibles back out. You need to have them on your dressers, on your kitchen table, in your car, in your lunchroom, in your church seat. Thank the Lord for podcasts and all that other stuff that you listen to. But I'm telling you, I think it's a blessing and I think it's a curse. A lot of times I feel like it's a distraction because you're hearing so many different things. I want to encourage you today as your pastor, God's Word is so good, you'll never hear or have a better teacher than the Holy Spirit and begin to become a student of God's Word. Stop living on what you learned when you were a child and start living and learning as a child now, as an adult. Come on, let's be students of the Word of God and let's let Him, because you need need this. I'm warning you today. Like, I am warning you today. We haven't even seen difficulty yet. We think persecution, someone mad at us. Seriously. And I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ of what He tells us is going to happen in the last days. And I tell you, what I see in the last days isn't all darkness. It isn't all peril. It's not all gloom. It's not Satan winning. What I see in the last days is the world getting darker and meaner and cruder. But I also see the church awakening in the power of the Holy Spirit and there will be no more gray or white. It's going to be black. It's going to be the enemy and it's going to be God. It's going to be the light and it's going to be darkness. And the church is going to have to make a a decision because you're not going to be able to stand in between in the hour that's coming. And the enemy's going to come and you're going to hear the word. And the moment that thing comes your way, he's going to try to steal it out of your life because he doesn't want you healthy. He doesn't want your marriage strong. He doesn't want you stepping into the gifts and the purposes that God has for your life. He wants to steal the seed because he doesn't want you going and praying for that person that's sick and then being healed and restored. He doesn't want you going and releasing the, his word. Because he knows that his word carries life. Everything in existence from God came to an existence through His voice. And I'm just coming to say this morning, this is a beautiful parable. I think I've taught this throughout the years. I taught it really sweet and really precious about how we just need to run that little thing over our ground and our heart and toil that thing up and make sure we get the rocks out and make sure we don't pick a weed when we see the weed come up. I'm like, man, thank you Jesus for your revelation. It's a whole lot deeper than that. It's, going, it's, a whole lot, it's a whole lot further than just waiting for that dandelion to pop up. No, all of hell wants every seed of God's Word out of you. The enemy does not want one seed to grow inside of you. He does not want you even remotely stepping into anything that God has planned and intended for you. He definitely does not want you operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He does not want you free. He wants you bound. Come on, somebody. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And we know, we know this stuff, man. But we've got we to make the decision what we're going to do with the seed that He's releasing inside of us. But listen, our lives will eventually display the landscape of our hearts. It just, our lives will eventually display the landscape of our hearts. 
And if we're cultivating the seed of God's Word, then we've got this supernatural promise that His Word is going to produce His fruit some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. How many received that promise today? I'm receiving that promise. I'm receiving that promise for my life and I'm receiving that promise for this ministry. I'm receiving that promise for you. I'm receiving your breakthrough for you right now. If you don't have enough faith in yourself, I'm going to have enough faith for you today. But I want you to know I can only take you so far because the enemy's coming at you, not me in your life. You, at some point in time, I can only carry you so far or your friend can only carry you so far and you've got to decide what you're going to do with the seed inside of you. So it can produce a harvest inside of you some 30, some 60, some 100 fold in Jesus' name. So we get this truth of, of His Word and the power of it and what can be produced out of it. But I want you to see another thing in this. When you look at this in the fullest context of what Jesus is saying in, 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 in sowing and in, in the power of seed. How many of you know that God's not the only one sowing seed? The enemy's sowing seed. So not only is he trying to not only is he trying to steal to burn up and to choke out the seed of God inside of you, he's wanting to come and plant his seed inside of you because it, it not only then does it just relinquish you uh, powerless, but once he can once he can put get his seed to grow inside of you, well then now now all of a sudden you become destructive for his kingdom. I feel like I'm preaching a little bit better than how you're responding. But I, I, knew the, I knew the enemy was going to combat this word today. I'm okay with it. I'm a big boy. I got my boots on today. This is what I'm saying. If, if, we're, if, if you allow him to come, and, you're, and you're, not, you're not living in this battle, and you're allowing him to steal and to burn up and choke out the word of God in you, then you're, you, you're going to allow him to come in and you're going to end up cultivating His seed. You're going to end up cultivating His seed. We end up, we end up just believing that lie. Believing that lie. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. I am a failure. I am worthless. I'm not, no, no one deserves me. No one deserves me. This or that or blah, blah, blah or whatever. Whatever kind of thing that it is. These lies of the many. And all of a sudden we'll have a root system that's developed on lies. That's developed out of anger. That's developed out of sexual immorality. Come on guys. That, that, that's developed out of rejection. That's developed out of fear. That's de developed out of everything that's not God. And that becomes our root system. And I already said it, but our lives will eventually display the landscape of our hearts. So really, our lives are a display of what seed we're nurturing. I'm just going to leave that right there. This I know. You don't have yield without seed. You don't have yield without seed. You don't have yield without seed. We've got to have the seed. I feel like praying today for discernment to, for the body to begin to identify and recognize the areas and the tactics that He's trying to enter into our lives to steal seed. Let me say this. A lot of times people don't identify the enemy when He's coming in to steal seed. He typically doesn't come in a red suit with a pitchfork, stand in front of you and say, hey, I would... I'm here, and what I really want to do is I'm just going to go ahead and take this seed out of you right now because I know what it can do inside of like you. He, that, he's not going to do that. He's not going to come and say, hey, here I am. I'm about to burn up that seed because it's just really not deep enough, and I don't want it to grow. I don't want it to have a root system, right? It's like, hey, here I am. I'm going to wrap around you like a thorn bush, and I'm just going to go ahead and choke that seed out of you. We don't, we don't recognize it. Oftentimes, people don't recognize it until it's gone, until that, until, that, until that thing's been stolen, until that word has been stolen, until that promise was stolen, until that promise was burned up, guys, until that seed was burned up, or now it seems hopeless, or until that thing was choked out, like we don't see it. Probably all of us in here have, have, have testimonies of experiencing this in different times of our life where we've experienced these, these three purposes of the enemy and how he comes and attacks us in our life. And so I, feel, I just feel like praying today. I feel like praying, God, awaken our church to the things of the kingdom of God. We're preparing for the power of God. We're, we understood last week about, about, about God's desire and His desire to, to empower His church for ministry and for His purposes. 
Amen? All these different things. We identified some of the natural hindrances to that of our pride and, and just confusion and unbelief and those kinds of things. And then today, God's equipping us in a different level and He's saying, hey, man, if you're going to go, it's like, like if, if you can just put yourself there with His disciples, it's like Jesus saying, listen, for you to get where I'm going to be taking you, you're going to have to recognize that the enemy is going to try to come and, and steal and burn up and choke out all of my seed that's going to produce the harvest. So he's saying, you're going to have to be on guard. You're going to have to identify him and recognize his tactics. And you're going to have to stop him immediately whenever, whenever you sense that, whenever you feel that. Because if you don't, he'll immediately come and, and strip that thing up just like the, the soil by the wayside. Come on, somebody. So I'm like, God, let your word burn in me. We have a whole lot of knowledge today in the church. We got resources everywhere today. You can get an opinion on just about anything and everyone online books. Like we, like we, we are not short of resources today. We're really not short on knowledge at all, but we're way short on wisdom, and we're way short on understanding. We've leaned way too much on our own understanding and not fully acknowledged Him in all that we've done. And I believe God's just saying, "Hey, guys, pull together, pull together." I want to produce a harvest in you, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. But it's not going to be easy because the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to steal it, burn it, and choke it out of your life. I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I want to bless you. I want to use you. I want to manifest in and through your life. I want to harvest in this city. I want to see this city change. I want to release my glory in and out and through your life. This is my desire for you to produce that some, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So we got to be on guard and we got to begin to identify these three tactics of the enemy on how he plans to come and steal the seed. And so I want to pray for discernment that we could recognize those areas in our life. Amen. And even areas recently maybe where he's been operating in us where we can get the truth of that seed back. Amen. And then I feel like I want to pray for uh, hunger. For the Word of God. How many want to get hungry for His Word? How many of you love His Word? Don't you love His Word? Like you ask the church, everybody's like, I have to raise my hand. I can't sit here. Pastor Scott's like looking around. Like, how can I say I don't love the Word? I'll run after the things I love. I can't wait to turn again to the things that I love the most. Right? I'm going to pray for God to stir that hunger back. Because I believe hunger comes from Him. I don't think you can create it yourself. You can kind of get some disciplines together to start that might stir that up. Of, I'm going to do this each day. You can kind of get some devotion. And, but I, I believe hunger comes from the Lord. And then that He honors our pursuit in that. So I'm just going to pray for that. I'm going to pray for discernment against the enemy's tactics. And then I'm going to pray for, uh, I'm going to pray for God to stir up hunger for His Word in you like never before. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and be our teacher. And then we're going to link together a root system as a body of Christ. Amen. And we're going to learn accountability and strength and growth and iron sharpen iron as we walk through. And God, God reveals precept upon precept in us and through us as a church body. Amen? Isn't that good? Let's give the Lord a praise offering. I feel like it would help. And thank God for His Word because His Word's so pure and so true. Amen. I'm going to have Pastor Craig come and just play something for a moment. And I'm going to release here in just a moment. But if I could have some of, my, some of the ministry team come down. I, I do feel, feel this need... Um, and I'm not going to tear it here very long, so uh, if, if this fits you, you when, I, when we give the invitation, you come, come to it. But uh, I feel like there's people here today that, that are recognizing, even as I've been preaching, the Holy Spirit has revealed seed and promises and things in your life, areas of hope that you once had of a promise of God's Word. But you, you, even as I've been preaching, you've identified that seed was taken from me. That seed was stolen or that seed was burned up or that seed was choked out of my life. And I, I'm gonna, I, as, as Craig comes and they sing something here for just a moment, then I'm just going to invite you to come up and say, hey, I, I want, I wanna, I, I'm, I'm confessing this. And, and I want that, I'm asking God to replant that seed back in my heart. I'm going to step, I'm breaking that lie of the enemy. I'm pulling his yield out and I'm going to begin to expect the yield of the Lord. Amen. And you want to step back into that truth and into that seed and begin to nurture it. Then I'm going to invite you to come. 
And I'm just going to invite you to tell them, tell them what it is. But I feel like the enemy stole some things. He's burned some things and he's choked some things that you want to get back. And I just feel like there's something important sometimes about coming out and acknowledging that. So let's stand and, and uh, let's worship. And if that's you, come, come quickly because I'm going to move to my next thing here in just a moment. But, uh, so if you want to come and identify that, recognize that, come and have some of the leadership team pray with you. What's the word say? Repeat this with me. What's the word say? What's the word say? So you're going to feel something, but you're going to say, but what's the word say? I'm going to think something, but what's the word say? Come on, I'm going to feel something, but what's the word say? I think this, but what's the word say? My opinion is, but what's the word say? My life experience is this, but what's the word say? The enemy's going to lie, but what does the word say? Here's your tool. What's the word say? And God's word will give you an answer to everything in life. He is so good. It is true. I know you've been through something, but what's the word say? I know you've tried over and over and over again, and you still feel like it'll never happen, but what's the word say? What's the word say, church? And get in that and let that seed produce a harvest inside of you. Amen? Let's just pray together. So, Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your warning. Thank you for this parable. Thank you for the truth of this mystery. That we are in a war. That we are under attack. That there is an enemy. That his number one goal is to not let seed reproduce in the church. So he is there to steal it. He is there to burn it up. And he is there to choke it out. We need to awaken to his strategy to the church. We need to begin to identify the areas in our lives where he comes in and tries to distort and lie and twist just like he did from the beginning with Adam and Eve. A little truth, a little this, a little that, whatever that it is. God, awaken our hearts. Help us to live with an awareness and an alertness every day that it is your heart for us to operate and to live in your power and for you to produce a harvest some 60, 90, and 100 fold. So God, I cry out today for wisdom. I pray for discernment. And I pray that we begin to recognize the enemy's schemes and schism and tactics and that we are good soil that are dressed as warriors that protect and guard the seed. We will nurture the seed. Now, Father, I pray right now for hunger. I pray for a hunger to arise in this house, God. Not for the next podcast, not for the next uh, service, not for this next revival place, not for this. But I pray, God, for an awakening of hunger in your church, for your word, for your truth, for your seed. That your sons and daughters return back to your word, God. That they begin to allow their lives to be built precept upon precept, understanding upon understanding, and truth upon truth, God. I pray for an awakening of that hunger, God, that our desire for your word, God, would be as great as our desire for bread, for food, for for, for natural substance in our bodies, God, that we would want your word, the bread of your word. So God, awaken hunger, and we praise you and honor you for that, God. We bless this body. We bless every family and every individual. We bless our mamas today and our grandmamas today. We bless our young women, God, that are hoping one day to become a mother, Lord, maybe. We bless our, our young girls. We, ble- we bless everyone. We bless all of our ladies, God. We just pray grace and favor and love and truth, God, the revelation of who you say they are. May they walk in the reality today. May every woman in this church, God, walk today in the reality of who you say they are. May they live in the fullness of that, God. And may that produce a harvest in their lives. We love you. We honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time. 